party at Blues Fest this week. Brian Lillian for Rob Snow. Yeah, well, we can keep playing that, Dean, if we got it. Was, uh, you turned it off too late. He took the needle off the record. Lift the needle, and uh, there we go. Uh, Brian Lillian for Rob Snow, and uh, wanted to start with fun and music because I'm going to depress the heck out of you with politics in just a couple of minutes. It is... It's difficult to deal with the current liberal government because they're not being straight with us. They're not being straight with us on a whole pile of issues. I got into some of that last night. I told you I was filling in with uh, filling in for Ezra Levant on his show on The Rebel last night. And I got into how they're not telling us the truth when it comes to the issue of the refugee situation. They promised us openness. They're not delivering. And at every turn, they try and shut it down. Well, they're also not telling us the truth on the issue of Canada's fiscal situation. Bill Morneau, yesterday, I'm going to play you a clip in a second. We got the finance minister yesterday in Vanier trying to sell off the idea that Canada's in a horrible financial situation and it's all the conservatives' fault. Do we got that clip? Okay, that's not Bill Morneau. Our fundamentally different approach to invest in the economy is is built on a realization that we're facing a uh, an economic situation that's more volatile. Clearly, uh, the price of oil has an impact on uh, Canadian growth. We recognize that. We've taken prudent estimates for what we see in the uh, in the near term in terms of economic growth. We think that's the right thing to do to help Canadians in an open and transparent way understand the economic situation we're facing. I just want to remind us, though, that Canadians made the right choice on October 19th. They chose in the face of an economy that was uh, facing low growth to make blah, significant investments. Blah, and that's exactly blah, what we're going to do. Blah, blah, blah. You notice he was asked, that was in response to a question by Richard Madden from CTV, by the way, about the fact that their budget assumptions are based on the idea that oil will be $40 a barrel. We talked a bit about this yesterday. It's closer to 30 But he says in there, you know, before switching into, well, Canadians made the right choice and making it a, an answer about politics instead of the economy, which is what he's supposed to be answering, he says they're being open and transparent. Time and again, Bill Morneau and his erstwhile leader, Justin Trudeau, Prime Minister of all the Canadas, have stood up in the House of Commons and elsewhere, anywhere with a microphone or an audience, and they have said time and again that this budget situation that we're in is because the Conservatives left the cupboards bare. They keep telling us that we are in a deficit situation. Well, funny thing, Bill Morneau is the minister in charge of the Finance Department. And yesterday... While Morneau was selling us this line in Vanier, the finance department released 
a publication called the Fiscal Monitor. It comes out every single month. And it tells us the situation of the government's books, spending and revenue. I'm going to read to you from the highlights. This is right at the top. There was a budgetary surplus of $2.2 billion in December 2015, compared to a surplus of $2.4 billion in December 2014. Revenues increased by $31 million, or 0.1%. Program expenses increased by $0.5 billion, or 2.6%. Now, the Liberals keep saying, oh, that's just one month. You can't look at one month. Because the Conservatives point out there was a billion-dollar surplus the month before. April to December 2015. That's the first nine months of the fiscal year. Here's what the fiscal monitor says. For the April to December 2015 period of the 2015-16 fiscal year, the government posted a budgetary surplus of $3.2 billion compared to a deficit of $0.9 billion reported in the same period of 2014-15. Revenues were up $14.2 billion, or 7.2% reflecting increases in all revenue sources. Program expenses were up $11.2 billion, or 6.3%, reflecting increases in all major categories of program spending. Public debt charges were down $1.1 billion, or 5.3%, largely reflecting lower average effective interest rates on Government of Canada bonds and Treasury bills. For the first nine months of this year, not one month, not two months, for the first nine months of the fiscal year, the Government of Canada has a budgetary surplus of $3.2 billion. The only way that is going away is that Trudeau and his Liberals are going to spend through the nose. Now, Kevin Page, a man that I've never been a fan of, was on CTV's Power Play last night. Kevin Page is the former parliamentary budget officer. He was speaking with Don Martin about this crazy plan, this crazy sketch of... Canada's fiscal situation. He pointed out that even his students, he now teaches at the University of Ottawa, even his students were able to find a $40 billion hole in it. But listen to what Page has to say about the fact that they're saying the deficit of $18.4 billion before they've even added in their spending promises. Well, I think, like, the, they're, they're struggling to explain, I think, how we got from, from, from Prime Minister... Uh, the previous prime minister, who, Harper, who said, you know, we'd have surpluses of $3 billion, to now today we have deficits projected for 2016 of about, you know, $18.5 billion. Before they start their promises. Yeah, and there's, you know, if we go back to their platforms of October 2015, they're talking about an additional $10, $11, 12000000000 billion a year over the next few years in terms of spending and tax commitments. So, like, you'd be, like, you know, you get to a point where you're talking about sizable deficits, and there's really been no talk, no talk today anyways, and around, like, what are those, are there, you know, are we going to get back to balance, you know, the debt-to-GDP to ratio, which was, they wanted to decline, it's already going up, and they haven't even added the measures. So I think sooner rather than later, we're going to need some talk about, like, how... It's depressing. It's depressing the fact that they keep lying about where the budget is, that they get away with it. Thankfully, Kevin Page is calling them out. I didn't think I'd ever see the day, but he's calling them out on it. And the hole that's being dug is not one that was left by the Conservatives, but one the Liberals are digging themselves. We'll get Lowell Green's thoughts on this and other issues in a moment. Right now, though, let's check in with Michael Caine at the BNN desk. Now back to Rob Snow 
on Ottawa's home for breaking news, covering what matters to you. News Talk 580 CFRA. And Brian Lillian for Rob Snow. Rob did leave me with a gift that I want to share with Lowell Green right now because it is, um, according to the Google machine, it's 23 degrees Celsius in Bahamas right now, Lowell. Yes, it is on my balcony, as a matter of fact. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. I'm broadcasting right from there right now, <laughs> my balcony. I, I, I want to hang up on you right now just for <laughs> that. Because Rob, uh, Rob, I, I, I can reach out and uh, touch a palm tree right now, and I've got a very, very... <laughs> Friendly woodpecker, woody woodpecker, red-headed woodpecker. He's been pecking away at this same tree for the past week. I hope he pecks your eyes out. Man! Must be be liberal. Listen, you know, it's very difficult for people to wrap their minds around figures like a billion this and a billion so forth. I've put together just a few figures, which I think puts it in perspective. Not so much the debt, but what the debt is costing us today, every single day, in interest payments. For it, one of the things that just scares the heck out of me, I did the mathematics, California and Canada uh, have roughly the same population. Ca- California is about 38 million, Canada today about 35. California's debt, and as you know, most people believe, and, and it's true, that California is bankrupt. Well, I want to yeah. tell you that California's debt is about three-quarters of a trillion dollars. Canada's national debt, when you factor in provinces and the federal government is now approaching $1.4 trillion. In other words, Canada, federal government, and the provinces combined are far more deeply in debt than the state of California. And just to give you an idea. Uh, an awful lot of that driven by Ontario and Quebec specifically. Yeah. yeah. Let, let's, let's just have a look here. The provincial debt right now in Ontario is costing us about $1 billion in interest every single month. A billion dollars in interest, not available for health care, education, etc. Out of the total debt, close to $300 billion. The federal debt is about $2 billion interest every single month. It's unbelievable. The federal debt right now, we are, this is before the liberals add to it, federal debt is now costing us about one-half billion dollars in interest every single week. I want to repeat that. Listen to this. Folks, ladies and gentlemen, taxpayers, today the federal debt is costing us in interest payments about one-half billion dollars every single week. Money not available for health care, not available for social programs, not available for anti-Ruth's baths, all right? It's, it's the, the provincial debt in Ontario is costing us about $250 million every single week. The, the total, total debt of Canada and the provinces now approaching $1.4 trillion, well in excess of California's debt. This has got to stop. Not only that, I haven't factored in. In the next four years, if the Liberals continue along their, their current path, they are going to add about another $100 billion in four years to the debt. Think of it. So one of the questions I think should be asked of Bill Morneau and, and any liberal you can find, okay, you're going to add, let's say, roughly $100 billion to our national debt. How much does that cost us in, in, in extra interest payments? You know, I, I, during the break, I'll look that up in the budget because it's yeah. one of the line items in, well, I, but I'll have to look at it for Joe Oliver's last budget because, of course, the Liberals haven't delivered theirs yet. But it's one of the line items I look at because it is normally the largest single department line item 
is interest on the debt. And it was the same. And I know there's lots of people screaming, yeah, but Lilly and Green, they didn't complain when Stephen Harper ran deficits and debt. Well, actually, I know I did, and I'm pretty sure you did as well, Lowell. We didn't like it. Totally, totally different situation. But, though. I mean, but, the world, the world had an economic crisis. Uh, well, I, no I, way- absolutely. I just want to get that point out there. The, I complained to Stephen Harper directly to Jim Flaherty when he was finance minister that they were spending too much. But they also, if you remember, they were paying in the early years of their mandate. They were paying down the debt, and the Liberals complained. Then, why are you wasting money paying down the debt? Then, there's when another, they added to it, they said, "Oh, you shouldn't be adding to it." There's another factor that that uh, I think that we shouldn't. Forget, and that is that a good chunk of the debt was to to bolster the auto industry to keep the auto industry still alive in this country. But we got a lot of that money back. We the, both the province of Ontario and the federal government took an equity position in most of those automobile companies. And I don't know if all of it's been paid back, but a good chunk of it has been paid back. That's one of the reasons oh, yeah. why the federal government, at least was able to reach a surplus or certainly a balanced budget. All right. I like that you're you're going back to what the situation was like back in 2008, 2009. I want to ask you about this. Yes. The liberals are trying to make it sound as if they need to do this spending to get the economy going. Now, I know well, I there's, there's – hold, hold on, Lowell. There's a yeah. lot of job losses out in the oil industry. Oil's at low. Absolutely. But in your view, is is the economic situation today – anything like it was in 2008-2009? Oh, of course not. However, the, the, you know, one of, the, one of the things that would greatly assist the economy, not just of Alberta and Saskatchewan, but the entire country, is if this chicken-livered prime minister we've got would stand up and say, we are going to approve as quickly as possible a oil pipeline through to Tidewater both east and west. Can you imagine what that would do to the economy of this country? I mean, well, that they, would be an infrastructure project with private money that would create a lot of jobs. Absolutely, but and, not only and, that. and it would cut the discount because people don't, you know, they say, "Well, oil's at a, a, a low," but we have at least a ten dollar a barrel discount on Canadian oil because we can't get it to market. Okay, but there's more than that. Eighty percent, actually, it's more than that, but about at least eighty percent of all the oil and gas used, burned, etc. East of the Ottawa River, Quebec and the Atlantic provinces, more than 80% is imported oil that we have to pay at rates higher than we get for our own oil. This is one of the reasons this country, if, if there's a financial crisis, can you imagine what we are paying, not just oil, but gas, natural gas as well. We are, we are importing almost all of the natural gas and the oil, gasoline, etc., east of the Ottawa River from foreign sources, primarily Saudi Arabia. I mean... I mean, it's 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 a, to me, it's a no-brainer. Approved pipelines, certainly to the <laughs> east and certainly to the west. If this bonehead we've got down here as a as a president we called Obama, if he's not going to approve the Keystone, fine and dandy. But at least approve a pipeline through to Irving Oil Refinery in New Brunswick, so we can sell some of our oil. Good. God, I mean it. Uh, I, I, I'll, I'll make your head explode just to get you back for the fact that you are on a balcony in nice weather. The eco-loons are taking loony coins and smearing them with an oil slick you know what? and putting them around Ottawa to try and um, uh, get um, get people scared about the energy's pipeline. Yeah, but, but, Rob, sorry, we're almost out of time. The, I have claimed for some time, and nobody has been able to dissuade me, that a lot of the money 
and it's tens of millions of dollars pouring into this anti-pipeline campaign. A lot of that money, maybe all of it, is coming from Saudi Arabia. Uh, uh, These it, are the people who stand to lose the most. And you environmentalists out there, you may not be realize it, but I believe that you are utilizing a lot of Saudi money in your campaign to destroy this country. And American money from Tides and Rockefeller. I'll send you yeah, the documents that on that. A lot, a lot of that's coming from the, uh, the Middle East as well. I'll email you the documents, Lowell. Great talking to you. Enjoy you, the sir. good weather. I'll be jealous. Brian Lillian for Rob Snow. This is News Talk 580 CFRA. Brian Lilly in for Rob Snow, little Joe Jackson, one of the many uh, acts appearing at Blues Fest this year. Uh, we'll take your calls in a couple of minutes. 521-TALK, 521-8255, or Star 580 on Bell Mobility, 1-800-580-2372. But I, I've, I've got to keep talking for a little bit. You want to call in on, on Morneau and the fiscal situation, how the liberals are actually lying about the fact they inherited a deficit? $3.2 billion. Or sorry, they inherited a surplus. They inherited a surplus of $3.2 billion for the first nine months of the fiscal year. The only way we're going to get to a deficit is through massive liberal spending. That, refugees, anything you want to talk about. But right now, I'm laughing at the TV. I'm laughing at CTV News Channel, not because, it, you know, I'm laughing because what they're playing. I think it's a guy doing stand-up. Barack Obama is on TV saying he's closing Guantanamo Bay. Let's listen in for a sec. 60 and potentially even fewer detainees remain. Second, we'll accelerate the periodic reviews of remaining detainees to determine whether their continued detention is necessary. Our review board, which includes representatives from across government, will continue to look at all relevant information, including current intelligence. And if certain detainees no longer pose a continuing significant threat, they may be eligible for transfer to another country as well. Number three, we'll continue to use all legal tools to deal with the remaining detainees still held under law of war detention. Currently, 10 detainees are in some stage of the military commission's process, a process that we worked hard to reform in my first year in office with bipartisan support from Congress. But I have to say, with respect to these commissions, they are very costly. They have resulted in years of litigation without a resolution. We're therefore outlining additional changes to improve these commissions, which would require congressional action, and we will be consulting with them in the near future on okay. that issue. I think I've heard enough of Barack Obama now. I feel like I'm in the Wayback Machine with Mr. Peabody. He's in the last year of his presidency. It's an election year, and he's going around saying he is going to close Gitmo. He's already sent us the um, the Canadian contribution to Gitmo. He sent us Omar Khadr, fine, upstanding citizen that he is, son of Canada's first family of terror. 
But I, I wanted to go back and find out. I thought, didn't Obama promise that he was going to close Gitmo in the first 100 days of his presidency? I pulled up a story from January 11th, 2009, right around the time of his inauguration, maybe a few days before. Actually, I just had a flashback. I, Bill Carroll, who is going to be the uh, new morning show host, morning rush host, starting March 7th, uh, he was down for Obama's first inauguration, broadcasting for our sister station, 1010 in Toronto. Anyway, Obama, we are going to close Gitmo. That's the headline from January 11th, 2009. It's now February the 23rd, 2016. He's still saying the same thing. The story from CBS said, On the seventh anniversary of the opening of the American military prison at Guantanamo Bay, Cuba, where hundreds of detainees have been held for years without trial or even without uh, being charged with a crime, President-elect Barack Obama reiterated his promise to close the facility, although he could not promise it would be done quickly. (gasps) Oh, no, it has not been done quickly. Because it was harder than he thought. Because like Justin Trudeau's refugee rush promise of 25000 by the end of December 2015, logistically it couldn't be done. For security reasons, it couldn't be done. For so many reasons, it couldn't be done. But unfortunately, too often with progressives, with our good friends on the left, they don't, they don't focus on facts. They focus on feelings and how they feel about an issue. So whether it's Gitmo, they don't look at the reality. Should Gitmo have even been established? There's a good argument around that, but it was when he took over. But you can't just promise to wave your hand and and be done with what were then hundreds of terrorists in custody. But that's what he promised to do. Justin Trudeau promised to wave his hand and bring in 25,000 refugees for $100 million. By the way, that cost is now more than $1.2 billion it's projected at. You can't just wave your hands and say you'll fix the economy without doing damage to the economy by overspending, which is a tax on future generations. But that's what Justin Trudeau is doing. Progressives don't think they feel. I'd love to try and find it again. There was a a Canadian study done on how people arrive at their different um, political viewpoints. And in the Canadian context, if I remember rightly, it said that New Democratic supporters and Conservative supporters arrive at their position through thought and reason. Liberal supporters arrived at their position through feeling or inheriting their views. A vast difference. Welcome your calls on the fiscal lies, the other lies being put to us today. Top of the hour, I want to switch to photo radar. And, and discuss what's going on there. But right now, welcome your calls on this. 521-TALK, 521-8255, or star 580 on Bell Mobility. Dave in Montreal, you're on the Rob Snow Show with Brian Lilly. Yes, good morning. Good morning. Um, well, I am very upset about the fact that we're bringing in all of these refugees right now. I think we have enough problems uh, taking care of our own people in this country without worrying about opening the floodgates and bringing all these people in here. I mean, my question is, is it our problem that there's a war over there? Is it our problem? I mean, should we be the breadbasket for the whole, you know, I I just don't think we should be bringing these people in. It's going to cost too much. And we're cutting back on our own services here. 
but yet we're going to give all these people Medicare, housing. The kids are going to have to go to school. It's going to cost a lot of money to, to house these people. Well, it's costing a lot because we're, we're pushing it too fast, too furious. I don't know if you caught yesterday's program, Dave, but I broke down how we are renting more and more hotel rooms at incredible cost. And then the food cost alone for those hotels, because they, they pay the hotel so well to house and feed the, the refugees, the, the food costs are through the roof. And all of that is happening because we're bringing them in faster than we're able to house them. Yes, but, but the thing is, we're also cutting programs for our own people. And now we're going to be spending on, on, it just doesn't seem right that we Canadians should be the ones benefiting from, from what we've got here in this country without trying to add to our debt by bringing in uh, people that really I don't think we have any business taking care of. Well, I think there is a good humanitarian argument for assisting refugees in Canada. Always has. And I've never said we shouldn't help. It's been a question of how we do it. And I think that they're bungling the system. And you're right, giving preferential treatment. You can't blame the refugees, though, Dave, because they're just being promised the world and they don't know what is going on here. But the government's promising them the world while you're right. They aren't looking well, after people well, we in our own country. Of our own services ourselves. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you, you've got to. I would disagree with you on whether we have any business being involved. But you're right. We, we do have misplaced priorities. Thanks for the call. I'm Brian Lillian for Rob Snow, welcoming your calls, 521-TALK, 521-8255. Story on the CFRA website, by the way. We can't keep up with demand for language training for the refugees. We promised them that. We can't deliver. I'll read a bit of that when we come back. I've been trying to do it right I've been living a lonely life I've been sleeping here instead I've been sleeping in my bed Sleeping in my bed Lumineers, hey, ho One of the acts appearing at Blues Fest this summer The full lineup announced this morning And of course, if you were up early You heard Rob Snow interviewing Mark Monahan from Blues Fest it is a fantastic lineup, and do try and uh, take some of it in. Uh, we've got a police officer at Dumbarton. You heard about that uh, stabbing. Dunbarton, Ontario, it's um, near Pickering. Want to bring, or sorry, Dunbarton High School in Pickering. Want to bring up the uh, the local police officer talking now. I don't have his name, but let's listen in for a minute. It's about school right now. We're going to make sure that there's someone in place to talk to everyone here. So six people injured altogether. Eight people injured altogether. Two of them being staff members, six being students at the school. One student, younger grades, in custody. Can you, what, did you have a message for parents this afternoon? I'm sure you've got a lot of concerned parents, a lot of... And my, my first thing is if they're here to pick up their student, it's going to be a long process as they come out of the school. I believe they're, they're, they're probably permitted to use their cell phones from inside the school to ensure that, you know, every, everyone that's in the school right now is safe. You know, and we want to make sure everyone knows that even the most, you know, the, the most serious nature of, of any of the injuries here was fairly minor in nature as well. So, again, it's going to be controlled as they come out. But really, the school is a safe school in general. The principal here is he's commending his two staff members that played such a great role in uh, apprehending the girl before we arrived. But we are here very quickly. You saw we had tactical support unit here as well. They basically they're trained to go room to room to room to make sure that there's no one else on outstanding. There's no other suspects we're looking for right now. All right. So there you have it. A female student in custody. There were six students, two teachers stabbed at Dunbarton High School in Pickering. 
Police were called to the school around 8.30 this morning. Uh, by the time police got there, as you heard the officer say, the um, school officials had subdued the girl. Uh, no other suspects. So we'll continue to monitor that in the news you'll hear about at the top of the hour and throughout the day here on Newstalk 580 CFRA. I've been asking you about the deficit situation and the fact that the, the liberals have promised small deficits. Now they're saying $18.4 billion, but that's before they factor in their new spending. One f- line in the new spending should be the, the refugee situation because they promised that would cost $100 million. Justin Trudeau said that time and again during the campaign, now it's looking at closer to $1.6 billion over several years. And one of the stories on CFRA right now says pressure to expand government-funded English classes due to Syrian refugees. Christy Cameron's story. Syrian refugees are facing a wait list at many federally funded English schools in Ottawa. Several schools are running, uh, running language instruction for newcomers program are already at capacity and are still bracing for the influx of Syrian refugees who have yet to enroll. Right now, we're filled to the max, said, says Lori Fisher, who manages the course at Ottawa Community Immigration Immigrant Services in Ottawa South. This is being driven by bad decisions. All of this could have been done at lower cost by going slower. Said yesterday, we weren't pulling people out of camps. We were pulling them out of apartments. They were safe. We were told we had to move fast because they were in camps. They were in squalid conditions. Turns out that's not the case. All of that drives up the cost. Like a lot of bad decisions the Liberals are making that will drive up costs. Mike in Ottawa, you're calling in about the deficit. What are your thoughts on a deficit that we were promised would be $10 billion and is now 18.4 before they add in their new spending? Oh, well, we're looking at $30 billion a year now, right now, the way things stand, in my opinion. Uh, I think this is totally insane. I think this is a first Canadian government that's deliberately gone into such high deficits during uh, during a surplus phase of its uh, mandate just because they can't say no. But this, it, I don't think it's that they can't say no, Mike. I actually think that they want to use this. You know, there's the old saying, and uh, Barack Obama's former chief of staff, now the mayor of Chicago, Rahm Emanuel, was, you know, let it slip in a, a talk show. They, their philosophy was, don't let a good crisis go to waste. Right. And that's what they were using early on in Obama's um, with the, the economic meltdown. They were trying to do extra things to try and alter how America functioned. Mm-hmm. I think that's what Trudeau and company are trying to do. They're trying to say, oh, look, things are really bad, so we've got to spend all this money. But we're not that bad. We've we've got a bit of a slowdown, but it's not that bad. It's that they want to try and fundamentally alter how things operate. You know what? You're probably. I think you're probably bang on on that. They're trying to uh, basically train change the whole country and its philosophy. But I think the train's already left on that. Like they might get. I can see them get away with this for two or three years. But you can't be running thirty billion dollar deficits and running for the next federal election. I can't see them getting elected on that. But the economy is doing as well as it's, uh, it's not doing great. But people, you know, it's, it's it's puttering along, but it's doing a lot better than most economies in the world. And uh, you, 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 you can't run a country like that. It's, it's insane. I agree. Mike, thanks for the call. Bye. Last night uh, or yesterday afternoon on Ottawa Now, conservative finance critic Lisa Raitt was on with Evan Solomon. I want you to listen to these comments because she's not just saying it's overspending that 
is going to last a year or so. She's talking about it being structural spending. Every party promised infrastructure spending and we would all be doing it. Um, I'm more worried about the structural spending that these guys are planning on doing after what I saw happen at Finance Committee with the witnesses. It's when the Assembly of First Nations come in and say we want $3.9 billion this year. Right. It's when the Green Coalition budget people come in and they say, well, we want $3.2 billion this year. And Sydney Blackstock wants another $100 million to $300 million in one year alone. Those are the promises and the, um, the asks that I'm concerned about. Those are the things that go into existing program funding that actually just creates more of a bureaucracy here in Ottawa. And, and I'm not unabashed when I say, quite frankly, as Conservatives, we do believe in smaller government for the services that you get. Structural spending. That means it's not one year. That means it's not two years. That means it becomes permanent. Now, Ms. Rate, I should try and get her on to discuss what she heard at committee with the the Green Coalition, because that's one group that wants to fundamentally transform Canada's economy. And two people that are key to this current government used to head up groups that are part of that Green Budget Coalition. They want to con- completely transform the economy into a zero-carbon economy. And they're asking for billions of your tax dollars to do it. That's going to be a big part of this deficit situation. David, in Ottawa, you're on the Rob Snow Show with Brian Lilly. Thanks, Brian. Um, One thing that I've been listening to ever since this government's getting this is, over the past 10 years, we've had 10 years off, and it's 10 years this, 10 years that, 10 years of everything. Mm -hmm. Now... I'm used to that. Governments always blame the people before them for all their woes. Yep. Uh, But this is just getting ad nauseum. Now, the thing is, there's a method to the madness. It's it's not just uh, off the wallish. There is a a method to what they're doing, and it's to undo, first of all, anything that the Progressive Conservative Party has done. They're going to turn around the uh, uh, First Nations... uh, uh, Thing for accountability. They're going to undo the uh, sick leads thing from the uh, public servants. The, anything that the previous government has done is being undone simply because the previous government has done it. Anything that the, that the, the, the PC government promised during the election will be done in the total opposite direction simply because it was a PC promise and a PC way of doing things. And, and even into things that weren't promised. The PCs might have done it this way. We will do it the exact opposite way. And that's all that they're, they're doing. That's the only reason. And they will lie to the people. They will fudge the numbers. And, and uh, to heck with the consequences. And that really ticks me off badly. Well, get used to uh, several years of that. We'll see if it's 10 years that the Liberals get to do it. But this is going to be their, their modus operandi for the next while. Yeah, the carbon tax is going to kill us. Oh, I haven't even got to the tax situation yet. David, thanks for the call. I'm Brian Lilly filling in for Rob Snow. Mark my words, people. This is not about short-term infrastructure spending. If you paid attention to what their infrastructure uh, promises were, they had green infrastructure, social infrastructure, They've admitted that social infrastructure includes building a national daycare program, which is a whole new social program. They're going to build a different Canada using your money to fulfill their progressive dreams. That's what this budget deficit is about, not a short-term downturn 
in the economy. Brian Lillian for Rob Snow, back in moments on News Talk 580 CFRA. Ryan Lillian for Rob Snow. And yep, I'm, I'm taking the opportunity of the Blues Fest lineup announcement to play as much music as I can. The Cult, one of the bands of uh, my formative teenage years. And just because I like to brag, Ian Asbury, lead singer, spent a good chunk of his formative years in the Hammer. Pilot people I know from Hamilton, including my cousins, who knew him well. And then he went back to Britain and started The Cult. Want to read to you an article about photo radar in a minute, but first, the Commons Heritage Committee is examining the issue of media. You may have heard media in this country is in trouble, especially the newspaper business. And so the Commons Heritage Committee has started a study. MPs want to figure out how to save the media business. Oh, my old son news colleague, David Aiken, who's still in the print newspaper business, is at the committee and tweeted out. Last question from Heritage Committee Chair Hetty Fry. Who will regulate accuracy of online news? Anyone can publish anything, she exclaims. And rightly so, David's followers are pointing out. You mean the extremely accurate Hetty of crosses are burning on lawns in B.C. right now fame? <laughs> You can go to David's Twitter page and see all the people that have chimed in on that aspect. Because if you don't recall, she stood in the House of Commons and claimed that white supremacists were burning crosses on lawns in Prince George, British Columbia. Smeared an entire town. It, of course, was not true. But she wanted to push a political agenda. I don't think MPs are the people to try and save the newspaper industry. Speaking of that, a a small update. Uh, Yesterday I told you about Andrew Cohen and his issues at the um, having to put in an addendum after not disclosing everything properly in a column where he went after library board chair Tim Tierney, sang the praises of his own counselor. I believe it's his own counselor, Toby Nussbaum. I emailed Mr. Cohen again yesterday. We asked him to come on the show. He didn't. Emailed him yesterday and asked, is, are you the Andrew Cohen listed as a donor to Toby Newsbaum's election campaign? He didn't respond. I asked Andrew Potter, the editor of the Ottawa Citizen and Ottawa Sun, if that was his columnist. I asked him via Twitter. Potter didn't like the question, so he just blocked me. I'm not allowed to see his tweets or engage with him at all. There's the future of the newspaper business right there. There's a problem. So we still don't have answers on that. On the citizen columnist and Carleton journalism professor, 
But we did find out other people started sending me articles of Cohen singing the praises of Nussbaum before, even before the election. But he didn't disclose, if it is him, and I've asked him and he hasn't gotten back to me, if it is him donating to Nussbaum's campaign, but not disclosing that as he sings his praises and encourages people, readers of The Citizen, to vote for Nussbaum. I don't care that he endorsed them. I don't care that he donated money. He didn't disclose it. 521-TALK, 521-8255, star 580 on Bell Mobility. Looking for your thoughts on the return of photo radar. Photo radar was brought in by Bob Ray and the NDP government in the early 90s. It was done away with by Mike Harris during the Common Sense Revolution. Now it might be coming back thanks to another leader of the former leader of the PC party, John Tory. I know John Tory. I've known him for years because we used to work together at a different radio station in Toronto. I like John. He's a good guy. But his political instincts are sometimes wrong, or he just really wants the money. Because here is the, the story from the Toronto Star. Headline reads... John Tory asks Wynn government to allow photo radar in Toronto. If Toronto Mayor John Tory has his way, the message to motorists will be smile, you're on candid camera. In a bid to reduce policing costs in the city, Tory on Monday said he is formally asking Premier Kathleen Wynne to amend provincial laws to allow photo radar in Toronto. He says, give us legislative freedom to do a couple of things that I think are going to be very fundamental to the modernization of policing and to... Uh, the addressing of the police budgetary concerns, the mayor said at Queen's Park following a 40-minute uh, morning meeting at the premier's office. Wynne, for her part, says that she is open to this idea. But let me say something that is a bit more troubling than that, because I'm not surprised that Kathleen Wynne would like the revenue tool that is photo radar. What does concern me is that current PC leader Patrick Brown is saying good things about it. Towards the end of the story, the Star reports opposition parties were open to the idea with the conservatives viewing it as a revenue-raising tool for municipalities, while the New Democrats see it as a safety matter. Progressive conservative leader Patrick Brown quoted as saying, That conversation I would welcome. It's important to hear from the police, to hear from municipalities. If that's something they want to pursue, then it should be considered here. It was the progressive conservatives that got rid of photo radar, so there is some hesitation toward that. But the reality is municipalities are desperately looking at new revenue mechanisms because of underfunding. Toronto has kickstarted the conversation. It's certainly premature whether I'm going to be out there supporting it. He doesn't say he's going to support it, but he says he is open to it. Do you welcome the return of photo radar? 521-TALK, 521-8255, star 580 on Bell Mobility. We've got people worried about a surveillance society, and then we're going to turn around and institute photo radar. Have your say. Call in now, 521-TALK, 521-8255. Michael Kane is at the BNN desk. I'm so tired. Then I see you come. Out of nowhere, much communication in emotion. 
Roxy Music and Avalon. Yeah, I'm just going to play through the entire lineup. Well, maybe not the whole lineup. Apparently, I can't even say the names of a couple of bands. Blues Fest 2016 announced this morning. Their lineup announced this morning on the, the morning show with Rob Snow. Asking you if you welcome the return of Photo Radar. Are you ready to s- smile and say cheese? Ron in Smith Falls. Ron, you're on the Rob Snow Show with Brian Lilly. Morning. Morning. Um, I'm all in favor of photo radar. Why? Because you got these idiots that are on the roads that are running through red lights. You got these idiots driving on 401 from Quebec that are absolutely as soon as they hit the Ontario border, they go right out of their treehouse. Oh, Nobody that that does. that's not fair, Ron. I've driven in Quebec. Quebecers speed in Quebec too. Well, it's crazy. <laughs> I was going to Kingston the other day, and I'll tell you. Some of these idiots from that province, because you, you can see their driver's license, were just absolutely going away beyond the speed limit. But also, these, but also, Brian, these people that are running the red lights, how many of those are causing serious injuries and death? So the time has come again to get this photo radar thing out there and get the revenue off it, and maybe some of these idiots that, that are speeding and going through red lights and causing havoc on the road, maybe they'll get the uh, the hint that, hey, I, I better smarten up. If, if, if they start losing points on their driver's license and the insurance companies turn around and, and, and start increasing their insurance because they're getting charged, I'm all for it. So policing and, and enforcement through surveillance. Exactly. All right, we'll but, see what others say. Because the traffic is so heavy on these roads today and at intersections and cities and Ottawa, Toronto and all the uh, all this, that something has to be done. And uh, I'm all for it. Well, I'll keep canvassing the audience. Thank Thanks for the much. call, Ron. Do you like the idea of the return of photo radar? Give us a call, 521-TALK, 521-8255. Mike in Chesterville, uh, you're on the Rob Snow Show. Ah, the Orwellian Society. We all must be microscoped at every moment of our lives because if we don't want to be microscoped, it's because we have something to hide and we're doing something wrong. And if you're not doing anything wrong, you shouldn't mind having everyone watch you. Uh, I weep for this country, man. It's, the, more I, the more I listen to people, the more I miss my dog. Uh, <laughs> Photo radar is a cow that when you squeeze its teeth, it puts out loonies and toonies. The whole idea here is... It is about getting money, Mike. It's not about safety. And and that's why John Tory said we need this revenue tool. When when you stop someone and tell them, look, buddy, you just did this. Their head goes down. They feel shame. They take the ticket. They pay the ticket. They get the point. When I lend you my car, and three months later in the mail, I get a $3,000 ticket. No points, but a $3,000 ticket because, because my vehicle was doing 200 kilometers an hour in a 50 zone. That's not justice. That is about money. 
And the idea that, well, I mean, this photo radar is good and it's infallible and it only catches those that are doing wrong things. There was a gentleman who in his, I think it was a Chevy Cavalier, was clocked doing 170 kilometers an hour through Toronto on the 401. And the only saving grace he had was, he said, I remember that. There was a white Mercedes that blew past me like I was standing still. And in court, they had to disclose the photo showing a white Mercedes. So is this an infallible system? No. Is this about saving lives? No. This is about money. And if you want money, you put two or three cops by the side of the road with a radar gun, and in about an hour, they score about 10 grand. Well, now, my question is, if we're paying more than 10 grand for three cops to stand by the side of the road for an hour or two, makes you think. Because if that's not a, a way to generate revenue, is to bring police in who are going to do nothing but enforcement, do that. Don't hire a camera, because I cannot cross-examine a camera on stand. Exactly. Mike, we got to cut it there. Happy days. Kim in Fournier, do you welcome the return of photo radar? Well, I don't particularly, because I know it's mainly to get money from us. We are paying enough taxes as it is. But my question to you, really, Brian, is about this billion-dollar uh, request from Bombardier. Now, tell me, is Bombardier a private company? Well, it is. It is. Which Kevin O'Leary but... wants the government to buy it and own it because apparently he's a conservative leadership hopeful that believes in the state-owning corporations. That's what I was thinking of. You know, it was uh, Kevin O'Leary who said it, right? Yeah. He suggested that, okay, if we're going to give money to this Bombardier, why don't we, the country, become shareholders? Bad idea, Kim. Bad why? idea. Why is that a bad because idea? Because the government shouldn't be in the business of being in business. And the government I, I, shouldn't pick winners and losers. And the government shouldn't be picking. a Bombardier is losing yes, billions right now. So what, are, are we going to put the, the geniuses to... that run the departments here in Ottawa in charge of a money-losing business? Ryan, we are going to give them the money anyway. We I, are. So I say we, we don't give them the money. Of course left to us, we would not. But left to the government, especially a liberal government, they're going to get it. No matter how many people scream about the fact that, you know, we can't afford it, we've been giving them too much money, they're bankrupt anyway, and all that stuff, they're going to get it. So no matter what we do or what we say, the liberal government will give it to them. And if the liberal government is shamed into also giving a billion dollars to Alberta because they're in such a lot of trouble, well, so what? The, con the, the, the uh, country will just borrow more money. Got to cut you there, Kim. But I have to say the answer is not to give these companies money. It's for government to get out of the way. Part of Bombardier's problems, they can't sell the planes they've been building. One of those sales blocked by Justin Trudeau and his transport minister, Mark Garneau, when they failed to allow the expansion of Toronto's island airport. They won't get behind pipeline projects, but we're going to turn around and 
give money for stuff that doesn't create jobs? There's private sector solutions here, folks. Let's play it with a little more Avalon. Brian Ferry, Roxy Music. Takes me back to the 90s. Want to rip off my shirt, wear shorts and boots, and flail around like an idiot. Red Hot Chili Peppers. Tell me, I'm being laughed at by the control bro. Dean's laughing, but I still have hair, Dean. <laughs> He's mocking me, I'm mocking him. The liberals want to give it away, don't they? They want to give away all our money and the, with the big deficit spending. And John Tory wants Kathleen Wynne to allow all of us to... Take more money. Is is the city of Ottawa, I'm not sure if we have this on record, is the city of Ottawa on record on whether they'd welcome photo radar? Because John Dory wants provincial legislation changed so that municipalities can bring it in. Patrick Brown, the Ontario PC leader, says he's open to it. Why would he open that can of worms? Why would he go there? I don't understand it. D in Ottawa. You're on the Rob Snow Show with Brian Lilly. Hi, Brian, and welcome back. It's so great to hear your voice. Oh, thank you. I mean that. Um, okay, I'll comment on photo radar. Any other government but uh, Trudeau's liberals, uh, maybe. Um, but. Well, no, this wouldn't go to the federal government. This would be a provincial and municipal move. No, I realize that. But I'm just talking about the atmosphere that's being created and the reality that's being created. I don't like it. Um, it's, um, it's, it's almost like you're afraid to make a statement because uh, if somebody's going to hear it and they won't like it and then somebody else will hear it. And by the way, I'm not paranoid. I really believe that. I don't uh, like what's happened to our media. And it's almost like um, like it's a, a secret. Everything's a big secret. And um, so well, no, no doubt the the refugee situation's a big secret. And by the way, if anybody wants to see me expose the um, all, all the different secrets and lies and uh, and such on that file. I posted last night's uh, show on uh, on my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Brian Lilly. But do you, do you like the idea of cities being given photo radar as a way to raise money, D? Because that's what John Tory's pushing it as. That's what Kathleen Wynne welcomes it as because she hasn't met a revenue tool that she doesn't like. Not really because just a personal experience. I was late for work and, uh, yeah, Speeding it was only like five kilometers, but it's still speeding, right? Mm-hmm. And I was stopped by an officer, and I thought, oh, God, I'm going to be even later, another ticket. And, um, you know, he said to me, because it was near a school zone, he said, how would you feel if you hit 
a child, killed a child. And those words stayed with me forever to this day. You don't get that from a photo radar machine, do you? No, and you get errors from photo radars as well. All right, Dee, thanks for the call. Can I just say one Sh- thing? Sure. Uh, I was reading an Andrew Coyne article. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> well, actually, there was a lot to it, and it says, why the liberals say one thing and do another? Blame it on cognitive dissonance. And just listen to this, if you can bear to, okay? Um, Psychologists call it cognitive dissonance, sorry, a condition in which the subject, and he's referring to Trudeau, unable to reconcile his own understanding of reality with the facts, retreats into the preferred reality rather than endure the acute discomfort to which he would otherwise be exposed. I think that's quite relevant. Is that Coyne or Cohen? Uh, C-O-Y-N. Yeah, Andrew Coyne. Andrew Coyne. Okay, I thought you said uh, yeah, Cohen, uh, that other dude. All right, yeah, no, Coin makes sense uh, from time to time. Thanks for the call, D. Okay. And I think Trudeau is in cognitive dis- uh, <laughs> dissonance. John in Rockland. You're on the, the, I was going to say the Lowell Green Show. I really can't speak this last 10 <laughs> minutes, so I'll let you talk. Go. Okay, well, this was quite, I think, describes the population in Ontario. We are the same way. We want leaders to spend money to have everything that we believe that we are entitled to, but then we say, don't increase our taxes. And it just doesn't add up. And we keep focusing, I think you and Rob keep focusing on the leaders of the country. My take is not on the leaders, it's on the people. Because I can guarantee you, I'd put $1,000 that if we had an election in a month, and Kathleen Wynne would say, I'm going to get this province a trillion dollars in debt, but you will have everything that you want, and the conservative would go, no way, I'm going to do some cutbacks. It's going to hurt. The people, very important here, the people of Ontario would vote for Kathleen Wynne, which means... Kathleen Wynne is not the problem. The conservative leader is not the problem. It is the people of Ontario who are suffering what uh, Coyne just said. Cognitive dissonance. That's right. People want free stuff, but it's never free, John. And this is why I try with things like... um, I try with things like explaining why the Ontario Retirement Pension Plan will not be the panacea that Kathleen Wynne says it's going to be. I try and explain why Trudeau saying we're going to do this stimulus spending won't help the way he claims because their claims don't add up. But well, people believe them because they don't think. So I mean, I know this audience thinks. I know this audience is engaged. And my only hope is that you can take what I say here or Rob says here and, and spread it and, and let people know the truth because the truth is Trudeau's plan – Stephen Gordon in the National Post today, he's an economist at Laval University in Quebec. He's saying, this isn't going to work, Mr. Prime Minister. That's true. But remember, the people of Ontario don't want to hear what you're saying or what I'm saying. saying. Because I've spoken to people. I used to take someone to the hospital all over eastern Ontario. And I talked, because I was there for a long time. So I talked to people about hydro weights or death. And most of the time, most people would say, 
What do you mean $300 billion in debt? Well, that's Quebec. I'd say, no, Ontario, this is... And the ignorance outside of the Ottawa area is astounding. You know, if you were to go to leave Ottawa, just go outside and meet people, talk to them, question them. You know, you'd probably get drunk by the end of the weekend and say, what am I, what are, where am I living in? Can people be so ignorant? The answer is yes. And that's the problem. John, got to leave it there. A quick, well, quick thoughts before I let you go. Uh, do you agree or disagree with photo radar and, and the revenue tool for the cities? We need it. I don't like it. But when you're a bankrupt province and the people want you to spend money, it's better than getting income taxes go up. All right. We'll continue to ask the question. Thanks for the call, John. Do you have thoughts on photo radar? 521-TALK, 521-8255, star 580 on Bell Mobility. My grand used to live in a, an area of Glasgow called Crookston. I tell you, many members of my family have changed this song to Take the Last Train to Crookston, especially when my mother used to get home from the nightclubs on a train. Ah, <laughs> uh, the monkeys. At least some of them coming on a tour. I'm taking your calls, doing a tour of your views on the issue of photo radar. Do you welcome its return? John Tory, the somewhat Tory mayor of Toronto, wants it to come back. Kathleen Wynne says she's open to it. So, unfortunately, does Patrick Brown, the PC party leader. They got rid of photo radar the last time it was in. Leo. Yes. Leo, you're on the Rob Snow Show with Bilo. Your thoughts? Thank you. Um... No, I'm not I'm against uh, photo radar. You know what? It's almost like we're going uh, a bit on the insane side. The mayor of Toronto, John Tory, like you say, right, uh, wants to bring photo radar. The mayor in Montreal wants to ban public bags for plastic garbage. bags. Yeah, yeah. I mean, have we gone all crazy here or what? Yes, we've I elected mean, progressives everywhere. They should give us a break, right? It's uh, like you said, it's one form for taxation and all that. But come on, we like the people—they're driving okay. They're not running through red lights and whatever. He says it. He says exactly what it's about. It's not about safety. It's a revenue tool. He can stop having police, who are very expensive, hand out tickets instead. He can just have a camera do it. Yeah, but he's a mayor. He's a mayor. He's not the premier or whatever. I mean, don't go and put ideas in in Wynne's brain. I mean, she can come up. She can come up with that by herself, right? But uh, I mean, I mean, give me a break. All right, Leo. Thanks for the call, right. Doris in Woodstock. You're on the and, Rob Snow Show. Do you want photo radar back? Well, I, I have to tell you that John Tory is as dumb as a post. Oh, he, no, he's not a dumb no, man. When, no, when he ran for office, when he was the, ran for, for for the Conservative Party, he was as dumb as a post. He, uh, I'll, I'll he disagree with you there, but how do you feel about photo radar? Well, this is why. Because every single ticket, they're not going to be mad at the police because they caught me. 
they're going to be mad at at the the government, whichever government has photo radar on. I called up. Uh, um, I, I lived in Ottawa for 35 years and have just moved down to uh, southern Ontario. I called up uh, John Baird when they were gonna when the Conservatives were planning to uh, con- to keep photo radar, and I said, John, if you guys keep photo radar, everybody that gets a ticket is going to be mad at you instead of being, oh, the police caught me, la mm-hmm. la la. You know what? He decided to to not institute photo radar because it makes sense if you want to not ever get elected again why do you think the ndp will never get elected again there are too many people that got nasty tickets i think there were about one or two million people that got i I got a photo radar ticket and unfortunately i have a distinctive head and uh, i couldn't claim it was anybody but me in the car it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. There are a lot of people that get mad at whoever gives yeah. them the ticket. And, you know, it's kind of like every time I've driven up to Ottawa through um, uh, Trenton, that's where they have um, um, a lot of police out, and that's where you get a ticket. If you're going to get a ticket, that's where you're going to get a ticket. But everywhere else, you can drive however you want. Well. Wow. And I got to tell you that down here, it's like night and day between Ottawa and and southern Ontario. Well, they know how to drive down there? Well, not just the photo radar. We have hospitals down here that are state-of-the-art, beautiful. They have 80... There's a hospital in, in Oakville, in, where my son lives, that has 80% of it is um, single bedrooms, and, right. Well, uh, we're get, we're getting off topic. I got to cut you off because no, there's a pile of calls there. All right, thanks, Doris. Uh, Mark in Ottawa. Quickly to you, Mark. Your thoughts. Hello. Hello. Hi. Good morning. I I, I don't really want to talk about that. I just want to talk about how much scumbags liberals are. They care more about people from other countries than they do about this country. Okay. Are you talking? I don't mean to sound racist or anything, but this just the way that it seems to me. It just seems to me like they don't even care about us. Like. Uh, and it, like it's a crime that they actually got in, and what they're doing, like uh, and Trudeau. Well, no, the, cri- the, the crime is what they're going to do. I I, I prefer is, not to call the people scumbags. Crime is scumbags. That they got voted in, anyways. I mean, like they totally screwed up everything that Harper did for us, you know. Oh yeah, well they're trying to undo it all. But hey, they brought us back the long form census, so we wow. can know exactly how many I'm bathrooms thrilled. everybody has. Yeah, I'm thrilled, eh? <laughs> uh, Great. Thanks for the hey, call. You ever notice how the word liar is actually in the word liberal? Uh, you, you have no idea how many times I mistype liberal as I'm writing really? up various scripts. And, and somehow and the E comes... No, sometimes the, liars, some, sometimes the E ends up before the B, and I have to correct it. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for the call. That's... Ellen in Ottawa, you're on the the Rob Snow Show with uh, Brian Lilly. Your thoughts Hi on there. photo radar? Yes, definitely. It should be brought back. Yeah, why? Well, I know they're not touting it as a safety issue but for me I, I don't have a car I don't drive I use OT Transpo and I've seen so many so many near accidents happen uh, people just uh, there's just some, too many crazy drivers out there that's my opinion on that yeah. do, do you think that it this won't stop them being crazy drivers it's just going to send out more tickets well um, or potentially send might... out more tickets 
Right. Well, maybe for some of them, it'll teach them to think twice before they pull all these stunts that they're doing because they're, they're, they're endangering themselves, they're endangering everybody else. That doesn't seem to be sinking in. So um, something has to uh, has to kick in. Something has to help. All right. Thanks for the okay. call. Okay. Ed in North Gore. Do you welcome Photo Radar's return? Hi, um, good morning. Uh, no, I don't actually. I was actually on the 401 just the other day, and absolutely nobody there is uh, going anywhere near the the uh, speed limit of 100k. So I think um, if uh, if they put photo radar on that uh, and booked everybody was going over 100k, there's nobody going um, less than 120 kilometres an hour. Um, I think it would be a tremendous cash grab, which I I really think it would be just a a real rip-off. So if they're going to do it, I think at least on the 401 or on the freeways, I think they should at least increase the, the speed limit to make it more practical. Then maybe it would work. But, but right now at the current speed limit, I, I think I don't agree with it at all. You go out west and a couple of the provinces have speed limits of 110, if not 120. Yeah, and in the states as well, a lot of it's a centi miles an hour, which is, uh, uh, you know, is much higher than our hundred kilometers an hour. All right, Ed. Thanks for the call. You're welcome. And last word on this topic, we'll go to Mark in Ottawa. Yes, hello. Hello. You're welcome to return to photo radar. Oh uh, yes, absolutely. Um, not because I think it would be a cash grab. Uh, only because where I live, uh, right downtown Ottawa here. Uh, won't say exactly where there, but I see people going through red lights uh, daily. I mean, uh, you're walking, still walking across the sidewalk, and people are going through the red light. So uh, I do agree it for that. Um, you know, after maybe four or five fines of uh, two, three hundred bucks, maybe you will uh, consider not going through the red light, and uh, <clears throat> maybe it is a cash grab. But uh, I think it would like reduce people going through the red lights at least. Because there's a lot of that there in Ottawa. Geez, it's crazy. I, I think on Bronson, they already have a red light camera there. Yeah. Um, yeah that was supposed to be a pilot project, but we'll see. I'm on the corner of King Edward and St. Patrick. And, uh, I mean, the, there, that corner is crazy. Uh, you try to bike across or walk across, and people are going through red lights, and there's accidents there. It's a, it's a very dangerous uh, area, that is. <clears throat> And, All right. Well, you know. we'll continue to talk about this topic uh, after the uh, the news at the top of the hour. Uh, Mark, thanks for the call. No problem. Don't go away. We've got lots of exciting people to talk to later on in the program. We'll uh, we'll talk tech with uh, with Carmi. We will check in with Anthony Fury. David Aiken is sitting in at that um, meeting of the finance committee that uh, Bill Morneau is at. We'll bring you some of what the finance minister is saying. I bet he utters the words middle class somewhere in there. That's just my guess. But we'll bring you all of that over the next two hours. Brian Lilly filling in for Rob Snow with you until 2 o'clock. More to come.